1340 Katie Lem, the station you can count on. This is the Katie Lem Sports Wrap on a Wednesday morning. Hope you guys are staying warm today. We're going to look at that weather forecast coming up in a bit. There may be some snow on the way tonight. I was in uh, worry mode when it was coming to uh, White Christmas in <laughs> in Minnesota. My kids were riding bikes last week. Uh, not anymore. Judah looked outside on Monday. That was the day it was like two degrees outside. The sun was shining. It was bright. And he says, Dad, today looks like a good day for riding bike. And I was like, I don't know, buddy. I think those days are are, are, are long gone, as are the days of the Gopher men's basketball team being undefeated. Uh, we'll talk about that last night. Get coach reaction from Patino, as well as the Gophers fall badly <laughs> to to the Illini in Champaign last night. Some Gopher football news. Some, some regular season awards being handed out in award being given to a gopher running back that has never been given out before. We'll also talk about some uh, NBA news. A huge signing for one of the league's premier stars going to stay in his small market. We'll talk about the MLB and the MLBPA over odds again as when to start the 2021 season. And another Big Ten football game canceled due to COVID-19. It is not the Gophers and Wisconsin. That game is still scheduled to be played on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports. Rewind time. Rewind. The direct snap goes to Ibrahim and he breaks it. Inside the 10, to the 5, to the house. Touchdown, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Mike Grimm on the call from last Saturday. The first of two touchdowns for Mohamed Ibrahim. He was named the Big Ten running back of the year yesterday. The first gopher ever to receive this honor and the third Minnesota student-athlete to be named a Conference Player of the Year in the last two seasons. Last year, it was Rashad Bateman, the Big Ten Receiver of the Year, while Antoine Winfield Jr. was named the Big Ten Defensive Back of the Year. Ibrahim also named All-Big Ten First Team by both the coaches and the media. He was the media's lone unanimous player to be selected to the All-Big Ten First Team. One of ten semifinalists for the Doka Walker Award as well, which is presented to the top running back in the country. Despite only playing six games... Mo leads the Big Ten in rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. This kid has 15 rushing touchdowns in six games. Average rushing yards per game with 154. All-purpose yards with 1,028. He scored 90 points and is putting up 15 points a game. He's ran for at least 100 yards in all six games this year, and his current streak of seven straight with at least 100 is tied with Lawrence Maroney for the most in school history. Right now he has 925 Rushing yards. The Big Ten also announced that Rashad Bateman, Blaze Andrews, and Connor Olson were named all Big Ten third team. Bateman, like I mentioned before, was last year's uh, Big Ten first team all whatever receiver. Uh, had 472 yards in five games before opting off for the rest of the season. Andrews named a Big Ten third team in 2019 by the coaches' media as well, while Olson was named honorable mention. Tanner Morgan, who was all Big Ten second team last year, was honorable mention, as was John Michael Schmitz. Sham Schudler, Connor Olson, and Blaze Andrews. And the big news to watch here, Gopher fans, when it comes to Muhammad Ibrahim, is he was asked yesterday if he has any intentions of going pro. He's a redshirt junior, and he said, I haven't got my degree yet. So first things first, as of now, I'm staying at the U. And things can change pretty quick, depending on where he sees his draft stock. If he wins the Doak Walker Award, I think Moe's as good as gone. He can get his, his degree later, but if, if something bad happens 
injury-wise next year, that kills all of his draft stock. And he's he's I, I know he wants to get that degree, but you gotta think about your future as a pro as well. But as of right now, and, and maybe he's just feeding us the lines that we want to hear as Gopher fans. But as of right now, Muhammad Ibrahim, the Big Ten running back of the year, is staying at the U for his senior season. And there's the horn, and the game is over. Illinois 92, Minnesota 65. The Gophers, their first loss of the season. They're 6-1. will host St. Louis Sunday at 7.30. Illinois now 5-2 with the win. 1-0 oh in the Big Ten at Rutgers Sunday at 6. Woof. 92-65. to 65. The number 13 ranked Illini moved past the Gophers last night in the Big Ten opener for both, both teams. Kofi Cockburn for the Illini, a career high 33 points, 13 boards, and only 25 minutes last night. Marcus Carr, the leading scorer for Minnesota, he had 16, but was just 3 of 13 from the field. He went 9 of 10 from the free throw line. Gophers jumped out to a 15 to 8 lead, but finished the first half 3 of 26 from the field. That's 23%. And last I checked, that is not very good. <laughs> Illinois went on several runs, including a 22-5 spurt fueled by back-to-back threes from Fraser to end the half. Illinois led to the half 40-29 and dominated the second period from start to finish. Gophers finished 28% from the field on 19 of 69 shooting. The Illini were 53%. Illinois has struggled with turnovers this season. They had 14 last night against the Gophers. Gophers only turned the ball over nine times last night. But uh, head coach Richard Patino says there's a lot of work to do, including being more aggressive in the paint. You know, obviously the the, the story of the night was 48 to 14 points in the paint. Uh, we just got to be better there, got to be tougher around the rim. Uh, but also, you know, I mean, Kofi was terrific and we weren't great when Liam wasn't on the court. You know, I mean, we just couldn't get into a rhythm uh, there when he wasn't there. Um, but give them credit. You know, when Kofi doesn't get in foul trouble, and we weren't able to put foul pressure on him because Liam was on the bench, you know, only playing 16 minutes. It was hard. Obviously, we couldn't hit shots, and it allowed them to get on the break. They're really, really fast and really, really talented at the rim. So uh, that's a really good team. We, we've just got to, you know, we got it's only worth one. Um, we we got to watch that film, move on, get better from it. The Gophers will have some time to get better on it. They next play on Sunday against St. Louis. And then uh, the, the immediate schedule after that, my goodness, number three, Iowa, on Christmas Day. That's followed by number four, Michigan State. Number 12, Wisconsin, on New Year's Eve. Number 20, Ohio State. And number 25, Michigan. The next six, five of the next six games for the Gophers. Three, four, 12, 20, 25. Yikes. Three. Another big news, going to the NBA. The Bucks are locking up Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wow, who, who saw this coming? Supermax deal for Giannis. Five years, $228 million, the largest in NBA history. The Greek freak has won back-to-back MVPs, and it, it, it's got to be a positive for small to mid-market teams that the Bucks were able to get this deal done. Because f- all they've heard, Bucks fans, is Giannis is leaving. Giannis is leaving. He's going to Miami. He's going to Philly. He's going to Golden State. He's going to San Antonio. He's leaving. No, he's not. Giannis Antetokounmpo, arguably the, the biggest star in the NBA, is playing the next five years in mid-market Milwaukee, which is in, in, incredible because all we hear about in the NBA is guys leaving for for the East Coast. Everyone wants to go to Boston. Everyone wants to go to, well, everyone wanted to go to New York, the Knicks. Not so much anymore. 
Everyone wants to go to the Lakers. Everyone wants to go to the Clippers. Everyone wants to play on the coasts. Not Giannis. Giannis has stayed in Milwaukee. $228 million. That's huge. Other big news across uh, the sports landscape. Major League Baseball in the MLBPA at odds once again over when to start the upcoming MLB season. One American League owner tells USA Today that he doesn't see any way that spring training can begin in February. The Dominus owner says that whether they play a full or shortened season, they have to make sure that everyone is safe. This report states owners want the season to be delayed until May so players can be vaccinated. The players, however, are pushing to start on time and play a full 162-game schedule with full play. I don't know why you wouldn't want to get the full 162 games in, because when things roll around in March, there will be a good chunk of the population vaccinated. Maybe not all the players yet, but a good chunk of fans will be. And if you can open up the gates to your stadiums, you can start making money and start earning revenue. But the, I, I guess the, the 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 numbers I would have to crunch is would it be worth opening from March to May if only a portion of the population is vaccinated, versus in in playing a, a full game schedule there, or playing a reduced schedule from from May to September, but having full capacity in those stadiums? I don't know what it would be because you could absolutely gear up attendance as more and more people start getting the shot, as as the numbers start going down. As people start getting immunity, I don't know. Interesting uh, factoid, and I'm sure we'll have to to keep a close eye on that, and whether or not the Twins will start spring training in what fifty fifty nine days, give or take. The top five spots in the college football playoff rankings are unchanged. Number six has changed with Florida losing to LSU on Sunday. Uh, Alabama number one, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A and M one two three four five. Number six now, Iowa State. Sliding up to number six, Florida, Georgia, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma round out the top ten. There has been another game canceled this weekend, this time in the Big Ten. Michigan and 16th-ranked Iowa will not be clashing in Iowa City on Saturday. Michigan called the game off as it continues to battle a COVID-19 outbreak within the program. The Wolverines had canceled the rivalry game against Ohio State last week. Michigan ends their season 2-4. and four. Iowa will look for either another opponent or wait until it receives a bowl invite. Second half of the KDLM Sports Wrap. We're calling Cal Soderquist with the Minnesota Timberwolves the first Wolves Wednesday of the season. We'll get Cal's uh, take on the first two preseason games. We'll preview the next one coming up uh, against Dallas later this week. We'll talk about uh, <laughs> the product that the Wolves have put on the field and a couple names to watch during the rest of camp and a couple storylines heading into next Wednesday's season opener against the Detroit Pistons. Cal Soderquist next on The Wrap. I'm Ari Wolf with the NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The NFL is bursting the bubble on the use of an NBA-style bubble for this year's postseason. In a memo said Tuesday, the league and Players Association both agreed that the current COVID protocols are working and a playoff bubble would not be necessary at this time. During the last round of testing, less than one-tenth of one percent of players tested positive. After multiple negative COVID tests, Ravens receiver Des Bryant was activated off the reserve COVID list Tuesday. Bryant missed the last two games, but is now eligible to play Sunday. The news not as good in Vegas. Raiders rookie receiver Henry Ruggs was added to the COVID list and will not play Thursday against the Chargers. Ruggs is averaging 18 yards to catch this season. And Panthers head coach Matt Rule says he does not expect Christian McCaffrey to play Saturday against the Packers. 
the All-Pro is dealing with an injured quad, but will try to practice Wednesday and Thursday. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota football next. Welcome back, Gopher fans. It's Garzy for Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, proud sponsor of Gopher Athletics. When you bank here, we're on the same team and you're golden. Affinity Plus wants to ensure you're getting the same excellent member service that you would experience in the branch from the comfort of wherever you are. Video banking is now live with your Affinity Plus team. From new memberships to new loans or even general questions, Affinity Plus employees are eager to help you through this new channel. To try this out, visit AffinityPlus.org and select Contact Us. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. The Gophers and Badgers are set to play for the 130th time this Saturday. After the game was canceled in November, the Big Ten decided to use Week 9 this week to get the storied rivalry back on the docket. Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck. I didn't think anybody really had to lobby hard. I think, you know, you have so many different scenarios. You know that Ohio State's going to play Northwestern. That's done. You've missed a rivalry game with Wisconsin-Minnesota. You missed a rivalry game with Indiana and Purdue. And when you start making sense of the league and you just say, well, that makes sense and that makes sense. So I don't think there was a lot of lobbying. I I think us saying that we want to was important on both sides, Wisconsin and Minnesota, to to uphold that rivalry and uh, the many years that it's been played. And the people that have played before us and our team and then the people who play way after us. I mean, it's that important. And I know both both fan bases feel that way. Really excited about the opportunity to get the Axe game in. And, uh, you know, again, it's uh, again, but the lobby and I, this wasn't like, you know, you had to lobby to get the season back or anything like that. It was just, Hey, listen, we'd love to play it. If there's, if, if, if it's available, if we can make it work, why not? There's been a lot of changes. There's been rules changed. Why not? And if we can make it work, we're both, you know, willing to do that. And I'm not speaking for Wisconsin, but I know for us that we wanted to, and I'm sure they did too. And that's how the game worked out. That's PJ Fleck. And that's the golden gopher daily update. I'm Mike Graham. Thirteen forty, Katie Lem, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Katie Lem Sports Wrap on a Wednesday morning. Joined on the phone for the first time in what seemed like forever, Cal Solderquist from the Minnesota Timberwolves Northern Ford Dealers Radio Network. Joining us, Ben. Cal, how have you been for like the past? I mean, how long has it been since we've talked? Like two hundred and eighty days, give or take, something Man, like that. It, yeah, more than more than nine months. We have to yeah. go back to, to March, I'm sure, just like when the last time the team played and. You know, you say nine months, and at the same time, you think, yeah, it's been nine months, but it even sometimes feels longer, right, with all all that's happened both in the NBA world and the sports world and even outside of it as well. So uh, I I am happy to be back kind of getting ready for these games. They've got a couple preseason games under their belt, obviously, but I'm I'm just kind of happy to be back in this rhythm um, and happy to be back talking to you. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I can't wait. What, what have the Wolves been doing busy? Because we've had the, the the Wolves didn't play in the bubble in in Orlando. They weren't involved in the playoffs. What have uh, Gerson Rosas and, and the crew been doing to keep themselves busy for the last nine months? Yeah, well, like you said, they were one of only eight teams that that did it did not get to go down to that uh, Orlando bubble, um, and that kind of had its pros and its cons uh, when you consider that the wor- Wolves weren't involved. Uh, one of the bad things is. They're one of only a handful of teams that have had that long of a layoff, and we've kind of seen it a little bit um, in these, these preseason games. We'll get to that in a second, I'm sure. But the good news is, you know, during that 
that spring and summer, the Wolves did win the lottery. Um, you know, for the first time in their history, they they stayed where their odds sort of projected them to land in terms of uh, which pick they'd receive. Usually we're used to them, um, you know, dropping lower or, or uh, staying put, but they, they jumped up into that one spot. And uh, so it gave Gerson and staff a ton of time to really dive into, you know, this was a draft class. If, if you listened or read anything about it, that there wasn't necessarily, you know, a Carl Anthony Towns or a Zion Williamson, a clear-cut choice at that top spot. Um, so it gave them a chance to really dive into who might fit best and which of these prospects that, that were considered, uh, you know, that could go at, at one, which were kind of right for Minnesota. And we saw that draft take place just a couple of weeks ago in mid-November, and Anthony Edwards was the guy. So he was a, a big addition um, this offseason, and, and he's in a great spot where he's not going to have to step in and really be – the savior that a lot of number one picks have to be, if we think of, you know, Cat or a guy like Andrew Wiggins or a guy like Zion, some of the most recent uh, names that we think of in that spot. And he just kind of joins a list of, of really good quality additions that the Wolves were able to either bring in or really bring back over the course of this nine-month stretch, you know, through free agency, through trades. Um, the fan favorite is obviously Ricky Rubio, and I, yeah. I think as happy as fans are, he's going to have a great impact uh, as well, both both you know on the floor and the things that he does well playing hoops, but then also behind the scenes and practices and the locker room for, for a team that's really still very young. Um, and then we saw guys that, that also came back. You know, if you think Ricky's back, we also brought back Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez, two guys that were acquired along with, you know, not in the same deal, but right at the trade deadline last February, they were the other big names that were brought in along with D'Angelo Russell. So they were restricted free agents this year, and the front office made it a priority to to bring both of those guys back. Um, in, In the little bit that we saw them with Minnesota and sort of their expanded roles, they looked really tantalizing. They looked like guys who could flourish in the system that Ryan Saunders and, and Gerson want to operate. So I think it was a priority to get those guys back in the fold. Um, and then even some veterans like, you know, Ed Davis is a guy who's been a, a great role player on a lot of playoff teams throughout his career. Um, he could be a name that Wolves fans quickly, you know, come to know and love in some of these games. And a guy like Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who's not on a guaranteed uh, deal right now, he was brought in on a veteran minimum training camp deal um he had some good minutes in one of the recent games and i'm kind of watching him to see you know if he continues to uh basically make a case that he needs to be on this roster come regular season yeah they had 17 points against memphis the, the last time out this this team certainly changed uh the, the way they look i was looking at the roster from that overtime win to open last season against brooklyn and i think i found only four guys still on this team from from last year culver cat layman and okogi uh, seeing names like like Jeff Teague and Rocco and Shabazz Napier, it seems like it's been forever since I've go, those guys have been here. Right, and and those guys were, you know, it was all part of that. You know, this this time last year, I guess a little bit a little bit uh, more than just twelve months ago, it was the start of the season, so October. But that was the first year for Gerson, and he had spoken about how you know he was trying to evaluate things as they went into that season, um, and he certainly did some evaluating and then by that February trade deadline almost redid the whole thing. There were just a few guys left over even 
in February with all those trades. You know, Josh Okogie was gone, or excuse me, uh, uh, Robert Covington was gone. The team's kind of defensive, uh, versatile weapon, uh, a mainstay like Gorgie Jang. You mentioned Jeff Teague. So it really was a makeover on the fly. And then sort of the, the, the big bummer of the league's abrupt shutdown and Minnesota not going to the bubble was we only got to see – you know, that, that new-look Timberwolves team for a handful of games, um, especially when you factor in D'Lo and Cat only played one game together. Cat had that, uh, I think it was a wrist injury that yep. basically had him miss the last two or three weeks, maybe even more, of the season. So, you know, everyone's kind of salivating over getting to see that pairing a little bit more and how those guys can share the floor together. And it just was a matter of, you know, Gerson from day one has come in and said uh, he and his staff, they have a style of play that they want. They know the kind of guys they need to identify that would flourish in that style. And uh, they think that they've really started to piece things together here in terms of guys that will push the pace, guys that kind of can play positionless basketball. You know, you talk about you want basically your players one through five or for sure one through four to be able to grab a rebound and handle the ball well enough to push it up the floor themselves and try to create you know, some uh, basically some power play opportunities, five on four, four on three, where guys can spread the floor and hopefully have an open three-point shooter or an open look uh, right point blank. Wolves will play two preseason games against Memphis, uh, both losses. One of the big concerns heading into the season uh, that we saw in both of these losses is is the defense, right? Yeah, the defense, and I think maybe even above the defense, but they, they kind of go hand in hand, uh, the turnovers. You yeah. know, those those numbers have been up there and I think uh, you know we've heard sort of the same response from Ryan Saunders and his post game after each game is that you know they expect some of these turnovers again with by and large most of these guys have had nine months off you know Ricky got to play with Phoenix a little bit in the bubble but a lot of these guys are, are showing the signs of players that have only had scrimmages for the last nine months and that's just that's unheard of for for you know you think of an nba player they maybe take two weeks off when the offseason hits and then they get back to work and a lot of these guys were even kept out of gyms you know during our uh, our pandemic and our shutdown and everything so um a little bit they think is stuff that will get worked out once guys kind of get back into shape and get back into a rhythm but a lot of it too is the style that they want to play which requires guys to to push the pace and play fast and and that's good when guys are taking care of the basketball it creates those mismatches but you also will occasionally have that sloppy play and that's what uh, the coaching staff just wants to kind of cut down on and get guys to make those smart decisions on the fly one of the guys i've been watching pretty close this preseason uh has been Jarrett culver uh the wolves first pick last year uh had kind of a a, a, a subpar rookie season you could say but this year he just he, he just has a different air about him. He sounds different in his interviews. He see, seems more confident. His jump shot has improved, and he looks like he could be one of the better defenders on this team as well. Jarrett's improved quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, he's a guy, you know, if you had to look up and down the roster at guys you want to see take a big leap, he might be the, the first name that you come up with because obviously he was, a, I think, a top-six pick just a year ago, and like you said, didn't really live up to the expectations of a that a top six pick normally has in his rookie year, but uh, showed flashes. And then now, you know, it's on him a little bit this year. Uh, he had a full off season. It, it's always tough for a rookie 
you know, the, the off-season process is such a whirlwind in terms of uh, draft interviews. You've got the combine. You've got workouts of teams. Um, you have the draft in June. So I think we, we always look at that second year, you know, their first – they get a year in the league, and then they get that first full summer, or in, in J.C.'s case, even more. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he, he tried to add a good – five to 10 pounds of muscle to help him sort of defensively and and match up with some of the other bigger wings that he's going to be asked to guard. Um, He also looks like a guy who's just a little more, you know, confident and decisive out there in those first two preseason games. So yeah, I agree with what you saw and what you, what you think. And I I think he'll be a guy to continue to watch. You know, he's, it's going to be interesting to see where his minutes are early in the season, but uh, if he sort of forces the coaching staff to, you know, give him more minutes as he uh, as he kind of takes hold of a role. That's what's going to be exciting because he could be a guy that that really helps this team. Not even necessarily as a you know volume scorer or anything like that, but knock down some open shots and play really good defense on the wing. One more preseason game this time against the Mavs uh, before opening up the season a week from today against Detroit. What do we need to see against the Mavs to make the Wolves fans more confident going into the season tomorrow night? You know, it's it's a tall task, and, and obviously we don't know each team. So we, we've heard this from a lot of coaches. We, we saw Memphis twice, and their head coach, Taylor Jenkins, really made it uh, clear that these preseason games are about themselves. You know, they, they want to figure things out about their own team. So we're not sure how Dallas will approach this game tomorrow night as far as will we see a guy like Luca? You know, he played on, on Monday. He'll probably play some minutes, but maybe just sparingly. Um, so it's it's not really necessarily about, uh, you know, getting a win or, or competing with a really good, you know, probably one of the Western Conference's top few teams uh, entering this year in Dallas. But it's more about Minnesota and, uh, again, the turnovers. If you can if you can get that number down a little bit, if, if the energy is a little more consistent, you know, that was a concerning thing that Ryan Saunders said after Monday's loss is that he just did not love his team's energy for, for big spurts of, uh, of the game Monday. So that's something that is easily fixable, you would think. You know, it's just a matter of effort. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is, and we've heard a lot of Wolves players say this, that chemistry takes time. There are no shortcuts to chemistry. There are a lot of guys who have not spent a lot of time playing with each other, especially against other opponents. So I think, you know, looking looking to see that chemistry – sort of improve incrementally is going to be a big one, um, especially when you consider, you know, you've got back backcourt mates that haven't spent a lot of time together um, in, in either D'Lo and Beasley or D'Lo and Ricky Rubio, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of what I'll be watching. And, and you know, as those things get shored up a little bit, you, you'll call that a sort of a moral victory as uh, we're one week away from the season here tonight. Yeah. Uh, Wolves basketball tomorrow night, preseason game against Dallas. And like you mentioned, uh, the start of the 2020 regular season at Target Center against Detroit a week from today. Can't wait, Kel. Thanks for joining us today, as always, and we'll uh, hear from you again next Wednesday. Awesome. Thank you, Zeke. I look forward to it. Can't wait. It's finger looking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Well, lots going on on KDLM tonight. Wednesdays usually reserved for coaches' shows and input. That's exactly what we got tonight. Tonight, 6 o'clock. We've got the Twins Hot Stove Show. That's followed by the third and final Advent service from Zion Lutheran Church. That'll start right around 6.30 tonight. Following Zion, we've got the Vikings Territory Breakdown with Joe Johnson, Mike Tice, and Mike Wabshaw breaking down uh, 
my guess is a lot of special teams talk and then previewing this upcoming weekend against the Chicago Bears. I'll be followed by X's Nose with Mike Zimmer. You can find that full broadcast schedule online at KDLMRadio.com. That's a wrap for the Sports Wrap. We're back tomorrow, 9.30, right here on the station. You can count on KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Off the record with Zeke begins after CBS News.